I'm Pastor Lisa, and I want to welcome you to church this morning. Pastor Rafe is taking a much-deserved vacation, um, so he's left the, the mice in charge while he's gone, and we're enjoying it thoroughly. If you'll please join us in singing to worship our Lord this morning.
Amen, amen. You may be seated. If you please bow your heads for our morning prayer. Lord, we come before you this morning to offer you our thanks and praise. We come filled with gratitude for all of the small, simple pleasures that we so often take for granted. The smile on the face of a friend, a loving word spoken at just the right time, the pleasure of a sunrise, the scent of orange blossoms, the laugh of a child. We come filled with gratitude for all of the moments where you are present for us. At three o'clock in the morning when our thoughts rage out of control, we thank you for your peace. When we face fear, doubt, hurt, or anger, you are there as well granting us your power to face these emotional obstacles. We're even filled with gratitude for our anxious thoughts, Lord, because they remind us to be still and to turn to you even when we can't feel your presence. We're reminded that this is what faith is, assurance of your concern for us, although we can't see that you're there. So we're here this morning to celebrate your power, your peace, and your love in our lives with our worship and praise and especially gratitude. Let us enter together into worship by praying as your son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing this beautiful song?
be seated, uh, except you, Amy. <laughs> it's like, oh. Um, so we have a very special mission moment for you this morning. It's all about the Dominican Republic, and nobody better to tell us about that than Amy. Thank you. Good morning. Um, usually, we would be standing here coming back telling you from our trip. This is about the time that we would be coming back from our annual um, Dominican Republic trip. Um, but because of the pandemic, we actually haven't been able to go for the last two years, which um, has been heartbreaking because I've gone every, every year, every summer for the last 20 plus years. Um, so um, our boys and girls in the Dominican um, have been very isolated. They have been um, pretty much confined to the orphanage with just a few workers, no school. Their school is on cell phones. Um, so it's been really tough. We have been, we have been blessed um, in that we were in the process of adopting one of the young boys when COVID hit. And so all that had to be put on hold. But we have still been able to speak um, on FaceTime with him every week. So we do still have a connection with him and some of the other boys. And so we still have some connection there. Um, we are very excited um, that today's 10 for 10 is going for the Dominican Republic. Our plan um, and our goal right now is to have a Christmas trip. So I've never been on the Christmas trip, and so this will be the first year that we've been able to do this. Um, they've, they've given me the trip so that, um, that I'll be leading it and taking a team um, late November, maybe early December. So we'll actually be using our 10 for 10 to buy Christmas presents and a special dinner and just a time to celebrate with the boys. and. Um, in, in the birth of our Savior, but um, we're very excited, um, you know, for this to come. It's been a, it's been a long two years um, not being able to go and be with them. So we appreciate your prayers that you continue to pray for them. They're actually still in school because they got started late. Um, so they're still in school, I believe, to the last of the, the last of the month. But it's been very difficult um, for them to, they have no internet access, no computer. So to do school on a phone has been very difficult for them. So we appreciate your prayers and we appreciate the 10 for 10 knowing that it will go to be giving these kids a great Christmas. Thank you very much. And you know how important it is for you to hear when Amy gets up to speak because she does not care to be up here speaking. <laughs> um, I want to introduce somebody really special to you. We have in the Methodist system, we have of course pastors and elders and um, but we also have a program for lay servant ministers. And it is a certified program. It's several years long. It's a lot of work. And we have one person in this church who's actually achieved that. And so we um, are just delighted that you get to hear Glory Tharp preach this morning. She is our certified lay servant minister. What a warm greeting. Thank you, Lisa. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, a little bit rusty, I'd say, because um, before in before COVID times, I was helping to serve with the fellow pastors out in Century Village. And shout out to, to Century Village. We miss those services greatly. Uh, this morning, I'd like to uh, have you join me, if you have your Bibles, uh, for the reading of the scripture. And our scripture is from Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation Bible, so if you'd like to follow, please do. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. 
Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with his kindness, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by leaving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long, long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Herein at the reading of God's holy, holy words. Let us have ears to hear and hearts to follow. I love this scripture. It's only the beginning of a long letter from Paul to the Ephesians. The church at Ephesus was one of his, his loved churches that he started. And who better to, to say these words, to write these words to the, the early church, but also to us? Paul wrote these words of hope and salvation from his heart. He knew what he was writing. The year was approximately A.D. 60. And I want us to look at that timeline, because so often we forget the years that are, are between the actual conversion. This would have been years after his conversion in the desert, back when he was actually named Saul, then a Roman citizen. And when we read these words, it's hard for us to even imagine that this was the same man that literally marched Christians in chains to their death. The same man who swore to wipe out the early Christian church. But when we, when we read these words, we see what he's written. He wrote the words uh, long since he had become a man of God. So if I like to look at that timeline. He had come to know God's true plan for us, and no amount of darkness could have held him from his actual commission to go to the Gentiles 
and make disciples who would walk in the very footsteps of Jesus Christ. He had experienced the true light of God the Father and it would come to him in this audible voice from Jesus Christ. And remember, Jesus had died on the cross long before this. After a warm greeting, Paul actually affirms the very nature of the church, how believers of Christ Jesus have been showered with God's kindness, chosen for greatness, marked with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit's power, that even before creation, God had set his love upon us. You see, now Paul had experienced the living God in the Holy Spirit. He had gone way beyond religion to build a relationship. These are timeless reminders for us as Christ followers, aren't they? That through Christ, we can see the light of eternity every single day. That even in our darkest hours, the great advocate stands beside us with a shining light. That, that we also are called to be the shining light for others. The very light of eternity. By now, Paul had been well equipped to bring this message to the Gentiles. But it didn't happen overnight. The Bible tells us that after his conversion, he actually disappeared in the desert for three years, which time the Holy Spirit instructed him in the ways of God. This is what the Bible tells us. He was then fully ready to communicate divine truth to the Gentiles. You see, the Lord doesn't convert us and then put us out on a limb. No, the Lord speaks to believers so that we will comprehend the truth. But then we have to conform to the truth, right? And, and learn how to communicate it even in the way that, that the Holy Spirit commands us to communicate. That's how discipleship is born, ladies and gentlemen. It's a process of growing in Christ that leads us to become more in tune with the Spirit. This is also known as becoming spiritually mature. Many of you have heard that said before. The Bible says, as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. The process of change is called sanctification, and you've heard that from the pulpit many, many times. It can be a really long and difficult difficult journey for some. What happened during Paul's desert years was only a part of a lifelong process. God had renewed his mind and transformed him into the image of Christ. For Paul, that change started by connecting his rich biblical knowledge to the revelation that Jesus Christ, in fact, was this very son of God. Paul knew scripture really well. We have to remember that, having been raised a follower of Judaism. And when he came of age, he would travel to the Roman city of Tarsus, from Tarsus to Jerusalem. And he studied under the rabbinical Jews at that point in his life. So later, 
When he learned the truth that Jesus was the promised Messiah, this made him totally reconsider his very foundation that he had always, always trusted. That's true transformation, huh? Every single thing he knew about God had to be reevaluated in the light of all this new information. That Jesus was, in fact, the only Son of God, sent to save us from our sins, that he died, was resurrected into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, yet was alive and well through the Holy Spirit. That all of God's promises had been fulfilled. Everything he'd studied, that Jesus, this was the man that fulfilled them. Paul had already had a history of wanting to please God way before all of this. The Holy Spirit, no doubt, found him to be the very perfect person for this detail. Paul's true conversion is written by Luke, actually, in Acts 9. Many of you have read it. It says that as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? When he asked who this voice was, the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He became blind with something that looked like scales covering his eyes. And then they led him by hand into Damascus. Luke mentions this unexpected encounter three times in the book of Acts in different places. That's because it deserves our full, full attention. As Timothy Churchill writes, it contains the entire gospel in kernel form. We learn a little bit more detail every single time it's mentioned in Acts. Paul had to learn the truth in order to understand how important each and every day is in the kingdom of God. He had to learn how to live in the light of eternity. We are no different. In order to teach others this way, the way, and it's interesting to note that the earliest disciples were called followers of the way, which is important because Christianity was never, ever meant to be just another religion, but a personal relationship with God. It's both a journey and a path that we walk on. It's not static, but it's this constant motion. It's not just one choice, but a whole lifetime of choices. Like many of you here today, I can relate to Paul in so many ways. I was raised Christian, like many of you, confirmed in the Methodist tradition, have always taught the various levels of Sunday school class. I've studied scripture. I've nurtured a home church uh, Bible study for over 15 years. I've worked in hospital spiritual care as well as hospice. And through it all, through it all, I have learned that I can do nothing without the Holy Spirit who guides and strengthens me. Nothing. Nothing without the one who gives me the actual tools along the way to serve. Undeserved, 
truly, undeserved, unqualified completely, but it is the Holy Spirit who works through us. Over time, something really profound was happening. God had been preparing me to fulfill his anointing upon my life. Every single step was just as important as the last. And as I look back, those peaks and those valleys, every single one of them are so meaningful to me. He calls every single one of us according to our gifts. What is your spiritual gift? Think about that. I asked a dear friend of 60-some years the other day, what is your spiritual gift? She said, I have no idea whatsoever. I said, that's funny because I could name your top three spiritual gifts. And when I started sharing those, she said, oh my gosh, you're, you're right. That, yeah, that speaks to me. I, yeah, you're right, that's me. Oh, maybe it is your great faith. Maybe that's your spiritual gift. Or your trustworthiness. That's a spiritual gift. Your hospitality or the grace you offer others, or the gift of caring for God's animals here on earth. You might have the gift of bringing smiles to others. Do you know that that's a real gift, the gift of humor? The gift of food preparation, communicating, or perhaps you're a great administrator, or musician bringing music into the world. A teacher or a preacher, maybe you have special needs, and you've come just simply to teach others of God's sweet and caring grace. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says that every man hath proper gifts from God. And Thomas Nelson's version of the Living Bible translates it, God has given different gifts to each of us. And 1 Peter 4.10 teaches, as each one has received a gift, minister it. To one another and that's where we come in each and every one of us a minister each and every one of us glorifying God in our walk in our ways in our words you see God chooses the unqualified then he gives us the tools that we need to do the work he calls us to do we're all born with these different spiritual gifts something he himself plants right inside of our little hearts. And these gifts can change over time, too. You may not recognize, really, what these gifts are yourself. Or if you do recognize them, you're not sure how to use them. This fall, we will celebrate our 40th anniversary of New Horizon. And rather than focusing on the history, and the history is an important part of us, but we'll be celebrating all that's to come for the future. And with this in mind, here's what we have to look forward to. We'll further our skills as we continue living in the light of eternity, making good use of each and every day as we focus on our various spiritual gifts while building these toolboxes. Our congregation is filled with folks who are committed to serving God and God's kingdom, and also in their own special ways. Maybe uh, you serve the way no one else can serve. 
In order that we may use our spiritual gifts to the fullest, we will be focusing on the value of each of these gifts. No matter what age, no matter what stature, God has a use for each of us. We're planning on offering a church-wide study on spiritual gifts, and I hope that each of you will get involved with this because we can gain a lot of new insight on what these gifts might provide. The best part is that we'll learn just what we're made of as a community. We'll find new ways of lifting each other up as we strive to use our gifts to the fullest of our ability. Leadership is super excited about our future, and I know that all of you are as well. We're a strong, mission-minded church with Christ at our center. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens up us. And those are the words of Paul, actually, to the church of Philippi. May our focus always be upon living in the light of eternity, each and every day, as we continue this journey together in Christ, strengthening as we go. You're going to hear a lot more details about this um, spiritual care class and assessment online in uh, the months to come, so I hope you'll join in. But in closing, I would like to read you something that I had written um, as a spiritual exercise in a recent class that I have actually attended. This is a personal letter to all of you, to my church. Dear New Horizon, loved pastors and members, it is with praise and thankfulness that I write these words of encouragement. We now come to our 40th year of existence as a church community. So we praise our risen Lord for his countenance and his grace which has led us to this day. If we could count all the prayers said, worship services had, service projects held, missions supported, songs sung, tears shed, members gained, members lost, baptisms, vacation Bible schools held, scriptures taught, praises shouted, and laughs had, we would be counting God's provision over our lives for all these years. To share life with you as brothers and sisters in Christ is only the beginning, for I am reminded daily of the bliss which awaits us in eternity together. Lovingly, your sister in Christ. Please pray with me. Father God, as we have gathered this morning to worship your holiness, we thank you for bringing us to a place of peace as we quiet our busy lives to rest in you. And as we breathe you in, help us to envision our lives as true children of God, working together toward our inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. Help us to see the light of eternity as we move through our days here on earth. Humble us as we come before you in gratitude for all that you've given, as well as all that you continue to provide. Thank you for loving us even when we fall short of what you ask us out of love. Bring us to a place of recommitment that we would grow in Christ each and every step of the way. Father, we pray for the life and growth of the church 
as we support the communities which face great disasters as well as persecution. Be with those who are still going through the rebuilding of their lives after these natural disasters. Father, send the holiest of holy angels to watch over all the families who still await closure of loved ones lost in the recent Miami Beach tragedy. Be with those who are displaced and feeling lost or hopeless. Let us never forget to offer blessings upon the saints who have come before us as well as those who still are yet to come. All this we pray in your name and in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful message, Glory. She's pretty amazing, isn't she? I wanted to um, share with you that we respond to God's messages, to God's word, by giving. Um, not only giving financially, giving the gifts of those um, wonderful graces that have been granted to us. So you will find that we have a way to give online. You can also give in person. Um, and we, we want to make sure that we support the ministries and missions of this church. Amen. Would you stand as we sing? Say after me, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. I'm going to try it one more time. Say, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. And your mercy, and your mercy endures, forever. endures forever. Now, if you believe that, would you put your hands together and just give a clap offering to the Lord?
with the blessed assurance that we are to live in the light of eternity, now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.